You know, there's a, um, there's a song that really, man, oh man, I am a child of God. I am who you say I am. What a powerful statement. I am who you say I am. Not what my friends tell me I am, not what society tells me what I am, not what social media tells me who I am, but what you tell me who I am. And what else do I need to say? Can we just end it now and just pray and we'll be finished here? You know, this am I alone, it's very appropriate because around the holidays, we tend to reflect on who's not here. And we sit in that space. I do it. We all do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's where we sit with it and how long we decide to be there. You know, there's loneliness has all these different spaces that we sit in. You know, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt invisible? Been walking around in a crowd, you just felt like you're the only one there. I watched a show, and I don't remember the name of it. We watched it with the boys, and there was this little girl in a wheelchair, and she says, one of her friends was talking, and he goes, why doesn't anybody see me? And she says, how does it feel to feel invisible? And I went, oh, it just broke my heart. It's because we pretend to not see. We pretend not to look. And then we end up in a spot where we're just walking around aimlessly all over the place. Now we have these different types of loneliness, and we'll go through a couple here. Some of y'all, I went, only went back to the 60s. Um, but there's physical loneliness where we feel physically alone. There's emotional loneliness where we feel like our hearts are feeling empty. There's, there's thought, thoughtfully lonely. And then there's maybe even spiritual lonely where we feel like that God is maybe not paying attention to us. There's other more important things in us. Well, loneliness is not anything new. Hank Williams, I, <laughs> this is a really sad song. I'm so lonely I could cry. I can so lonesome I could cry. I'm not going to name, I'm not, you, y'all can read. <laughs> Eric Carmen, All By Myself. Man, I heard that song when I was in, uh, in high school. And that rang true because you know your heart is never more broken than it is in high school at that first big breakup. All by myself. <laughs> Man. And then there's White Snake. This is actually off of one of my favorite albums from the 80s. Uh, to walk, the, walk alone the lonely streets of dreams because it's because I know what it means. And then... I did this one for Danielle, the Backstreet Boys. Show me the meaning of being lonely. I figured you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> Loneliness is something that we shouldn't take lightly. So we're going to have a good time with this today, and I'm hoping that God brings the message that I, I'd like to say that I'd like to give you, but I'm not going to give it to you. God will. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for this day for allowing us to come together as a family to feel each other's presence, to feel you in our lives. God us and direct us, and I know this message is not only for me, but somebody else as well. Thank you for speaking to us in all ways, Lord, and let us see you, feel you, and hold on to you today. Let us dictate this feeling that we create not just through 2020, but for the rest of our lives here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So the four songs, it reminds me of how incredibly disconnected we can get. Because these songs are meant to give you the emotion of feeling alone. That's what it's feeling. You feel that feeling when you hear the song, and it reminds you of something. And we might not like the feeling, but it's reminding you of something familiar. Well, <clears throat> loneliness is incredibly real. 
You know, if you go to a restaurant these days, and I'm not gonna, don't worry, I'm not gonna bash cell phones or, or um, social media or anything like that. It's fun stuff. I just have to move, I have to remove my weapons of mass distraction because if I don't, my habit of looking at my phone every time it vibrates will pull me out of the, out of the message here. But if you walk into a restaurant, isn't this a very familiar sight? How about this one? Everybody's having a good time. I've been that person right there. I don't look like her, but I've been that person. Or you feel like the third or the fourth wheel. And then there's this one. That one probably hits a little bit close to home too. I remember there was a time that <clears throat> we became disconnected. You know, you see your soulmates looking across the room from you and then all of a sudden you realize your roommates. I hear it's way too common. And then we spend the time in, how did I get here? Or how did we get here? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? And we ask ourselves these very self-defeating questions. I think we're asking ourselves the wrong questions. Oh yeah, social media. I heard this the other day. Did y'all know that there's connection apps? Not the ones where you can find dates, but like the ones where if you feel lonely, you can go to an app and you can have a conversation with, I don't know if it's a, a robot or whatnot, but it's kind of funky. I didn't download it, it freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> I didn't want to have a conversation with somebody either I didn't know or some robot that was just speaking things to me, these irrelevant responses to elicit me feeling not alone. It's kind of a neat thing when you really start thinking about it. So what does this all mean? Well, we're looking to fill a gap that only God can fill. You know that spot, you know, we, kind of a little bit of a quantum physics part of this, is our brain is where it holds all of our feelings. Our body feels it because we feel it. It's a chemical reaction. Well, I don't want to science this out, but God gave us those gifts to know what to feel when we're around certain people and, and experiencing certain things. But what happens is this. I'm sorry. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy in my phone. I'm too busy answering emails. I'm too busy doing things that actually was kind of interesting, are designed to give us more time in our life, but they're absorbing all of our time. And Danielle and I were talking about, uh, I didn't really like this conversation we had last night. She said, do you realize that in our lifetime, we went from no technology to all this technology? And I was like, oh yeah, be home when the streetlights come on. Anybody else remember that? Yeah, kind of neat, huh? Now it's like, <laughs> you better text me. And then when I text you, you better respond. And they're like, oh, mom's texting. I didn't get it. So we're in all these different times, right? Well, I'm too busy is a, a, those, those words right there are words that I've used with my friends. And I didn't realize how damaging it was until I realized how damaging it was. But we all sit in these places and we create, actually start creating our own loneliness. So I looked it up. I'm like, what does lonely really mean? So I looked up in the mirror, mirror, mirror the dictionary on, online. Being without company, cutting off from others, and sad from being alone. Well, there was a, uh, back in, in uh, 2018, there was a survey done by Cigna. It says nearly half of Americans always or sometimes feel alone. 
That's 46%. You have 50%. If you look around your room, this room here, half. Half. Or 47% feel left out. Man, that's just heartbreaking. So what's the problem? What are we really, excuse me for a moment here. What are we really dealing with? Is it a society thing? Is it a person thing? Is it a, is it a message thing? Is it a book reading thing? I mean, what's, what's the problem? Where are we here? Well, I kind of, I came across this. This is David in Psalms. He, he, it's a prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament before the Lord. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let me cry for help to come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. That sounds like a person that's desperate. It sounds like it's like I'm talking to you, God. Why aren't you listening to me? Why don't you hear my voice? What is going on here? I am sad. I'm lonely. I don't feel, I don't feel like who you say I am. For my days vanish like smoke, my bones burn like glowing embers, my heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. It sounds like they're kind of falling into a depression. In my distress, I groan aloud and am reduced to skin and bones. I am a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake and I have become like a bird alone on a roof. Man. Whew. Is it just me? Do you feel the, the words that are being spoken? I, 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 that was the best picture I could find to even come close to what that would even be like. So just to pause from all that, I want to make sure that everybody does have their index card because here's what we're going to do. I painted a bleak picture. So let's, let's walk into glory. So grab your, if you don't have a card, um, let me know or raise your hand or something and I'll have one of the boys come around if I can find one of my boys. Boys. And what you're going to do is you have an opportunity right now and you're going to go through this. I'm not going to do this right here this very second, but right on your index card, one thing you'd like to ask God. One thing. Now, the only thing, and it doesn't have to be like, well, we're to the lottery numbers tonight. <laughs> Probably not the right one. The one thing that I would say is, if you're asking him, when are you coming back? I can guarantee you this, you won't get a response. Because not even Christ himself knew that. Only God knows. So you have an opportunity right now. Doesn't matter. And if you're like, well, I don't want to let the right. We have a few extra minutes here because I'm not done. <laughs> so, where are we here? Ah, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking, <clears throat> you know, when, who was the most lonely person? Like, through, through biblical times, I started thinking to myself, asking myself, I'm like, what, 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 what really hits home when it comes to being alone and, and, and lonely? And then I thought about the crucifixion. Now, some of this you may have heard before, so bear with me. It's Matthew 27, if you want to follow along. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus from the uh, praetorium, 
or into the praetorium, excuse me, and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, the king of the Jews, they said. <laughs> the king of kings, they're mocking him. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. You see, I know the ending. This is why I can smile. And I think it's the same ending you may have heard. And they mocked him. They took off the robe and put his clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. And as they're going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. They forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. <laughs> Man, this is not painting a good picture. They offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. Now, if you don't know what gall is, there's different definitions through this. One of them is bile. This is it's gross. But after tasting, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified them, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And above his head, they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Now, I don't know about you. I was picked on. I had a time of my life, just like most people, where I was made fun of. Kids can be mean just as much as adults can. Kids are meaner. Nothing personal. <laughs> we just don't think about it as much. Adults are usually a little sharper, but man, kids, they just speak what's on their mind, which is kind of neat most of the time. When we sit in a place where people are ridiculing us and, and, and talking, say talking smack, right? Talking bad stuff, ridiculing. You start asking yourself questions like, who would like me? People laugh at me. And then we start justifying it. I'm not old enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too heavy, I'm too skinny, I don't have enough hair, I have too much hair. It's whatever we start seeing things. I, I, I keep hearing these words, I am who you say I am. I'm too whatever. Isn't that important? That we're not born feeling insecure. I have a Incredible blessing to watch my niece grow up, Amelia. Man, confidence, Kendall? She knows who she is. Because people around her speak greatness into her. It's an adopted thought through others' words. So I want you to imagine for a moment God gave us this really cool thing in our minds. It's called our imagination. And we get to create thoughts according to what we're thinking. We get to see things and feel things. Imagine two rebels being on either side of you because that's who you are now. That's who these people that are crucifying you, that's where they're putting you. They're putting you with two thieves. One to his right, one to his left. Those who passed hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. 
come down to the cross if you really are the son of God. And in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and then we'll believe him. And then, right? And then they'll believe him. Well, they forgot. He fed thousands of people. He walked on water. He helped the blind see. He healed the sick. He brought the dead to life. And here they are saying, oh yeah, if you come down, then we'll believe you. See, what's really kind of interesting is we tend to, as people, we tend to forget all the amazing things that have ever happened to our lives, in our lives and around our lives, and we only focus on the things that aren't so hot. We tend to focus on the things that aren't very desirable for ourselves. And it's not that much different. I've heard the saying that they only remember you from the last greatest thing you did. Well, that, that hits, right? It's hardcore. You only remember me from one thing? He trusts in God, let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who crucified him also heaped insults on him. And this, the level of loneliness, I can't imagine this spot here. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. Above three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where would you have to be in your mind to be the great I am thinking your father forsaken you? Forsook you? Forsaked you? Left you? Have you ever been there? Something I almost missed. As I'm going through this and I'm, I don't know why, I didn't understand why God put this on my heart because I'm like, God, they already know this. I'm going to read along and they can close their eyes and, and visualize the Bible verses in their Bibles with me. Why would you have me do this? And he's like, I can see him rolling his eyes at me. He's like, Whatever, man. Just keep reading. When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and he offered it to Jesus to drink. Did God forsake him? It's just not what he was thinking. There are so many times that you get a text from somebody, you get a word from somebody, you get an email from somebody, you get a smile from someone, and you're in that moment. And you're not quite sure where that heaviness is coming, but somebody walks by. It could be some random stranger in Walmart. You could be walking past them, and they go, let's give you a little nod. How do you know that that's not God going, I'm here everywhere? How do you know? You see, I look at this right here, and, and he says, how can you forsake me? And he's like, man, I'm right here. Son, I'm, I'm here by your side. Are you thirsty? Here. Have some wine vinegar. Drink this. 
He placed people, there are people that are placed in your lives for such a pointed reason. And when we get caught up on our own world and we start thinking about our own worldly stuff and we start looking at social media as being dictated in our own lives and we start being told by our friends and the people that are not on our side of your greatness, we start listening to them instead of the word of God, we get completely separated on the things that can bring you to him. And we miss the everything that's around. One of the... <laughs> We have a, a puppy, 10 months old, I think. Mary would know. 10 months old, Ruby. She comes in and hops up in our bed. And a couple of weeks ago, she was so excited to be there. She started going, and like doing this really funky thing. And you could see her eyes are squinting and she's smiling. And I thought, yeah, man, I woke up kind of grumpy that morning. But is it possible that God said, you could probably use a little furry love right now? God is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's in here. He's filling these seats that are empty. He's sitting between you and your husband and your wife. He's sitting between you and your friends. He's sitting between your family and you. He's sitting there in between you, gluing you together. God is the glue that creates that happiness and that fullness into your heart. He brings people like my sons. He brings people like the Chafee family, now converted to Krivda. <laughs> He brings us together. He glues us together. And even the ones you're like, that person's just not very desirable. How come they're there? Well, maybe they're there to have you be grateful for the people that are there. I have no idea, but man, you know. I saw some nods. I heard some amen, so I know it's here. And then there's this, I heard this, and I've heard, how many times have you heard this um, the statement, Christ was treated as we deserve, so we might be treated as he deserves. Desire of ages. I heard that so many times, and I heard it for the first time. I feel like I heard it for the first time back on November 17th, I think, 17th or 18th. I was at a, a church listening to a sermon. And I heard that, and it was, it was like the first time I ever heard it. It's like he, he died. He he was put in the place for me so I don't have to live that way anymore so I can live how he deserves. That is so powerful. If you don't feel that love, read it again and then again and then again and again. Billy Graham had a neat statement. So we're talking about being alone, right? It almost feels like we went off track. Well, let's bring it back. God created a plan for you. Billy Graham said something really kind of neat. I'm never alone when I'm reading the Bible. Isn't it cool how we call the Bible the living word? I know it's chilly. They did it for me because I was sweating. <laughs> Isn't it neat that we call the Bible the living word? It's the living word. Like when you pick up your Bible, doesn't it feel, don't you feel it? It's not just a, a bunch of pages with words on it with really amazing stories that we know that are true and real close to our heart. But it's literally like picking up a, a living, breathing organism when you pick up your Bible. Never alone when I'm reading my Bible. See, God created a path for you. I thought that was cool. Look how that, I think it's a kid. I can't really see that well. 
But there's a path where there wasn't a path before. You see, there's a path that's being created for you every single day. If you really start thinking about it, the path that's in front of you today wasn't there seconds ago. But God's constantly leading you down this path. He doesn't want you to be lonely. He doesn't want you to... The one thing you can't see here is that God's footprints are all along it. He's with you the entire time. There's never, ever, ever a reason to be alone. So there's only one real way to feel full 100% of the time. And that's through relationships. Now, one of the things that we really talk a lot about is our relationship with God, right? And just some transparency here. When God talks to me, he talks to me with like a surfer accent, calls me dude all the time. Uh, however, you're God, however God talks to you, it's your own thing, right? But it, that's how we relate. We're creating a relationship. It's not about talking. It's about following his example. When we create a relationship, we're following his example. He met people where they were. I loved how he, I love how he healed lepers when everybody was shoving them across the other side of the street. I thought that was really kind of powerful. So in order to really create relationships in our lives, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I said earlier when I told you that I, when I, there was a day that when we looked at each other, that we, the soulmate thing kind of left and we became, we, get, we, we felt as though we were roommates. Well, what do you think was missing? God was not the pinnacle of our life. But wasn't it neat that when we started coming back to church, well, here we are now. It's God first, then family, then everything else. Because what's kind of cool about that is that when we bring God into everything that we're doing, aren't we being led? If you're bringing God into your family, aren't you being led to live by his life, by his loving, caring, giving, nurturing nature? How else can you live? Imagine if we all did that. We just came in with complete humility, complete vulnerability. I love you for all that you are and all that you're not. I'm going to give you everything that I am. And if you want to do something with that that's not so much fun, then that's fine. But imagine if we all did that. We just pulled ourselves way back and said, I don't care if the person doesn't reciprocate because it's not about me. The one thing that I saw about Jesus this whole entire journey is that he did everything that he did, not because he was like, just so you guys know, I'm Jesus. And I did that because I just want you to know who I am. It's not what he did. He did it because of love. He filled up people's lives. So when we, so we bring that into our family. Oops, is that why you're laughing at me? Sorry about that. I'm not Johnny Fever. And then we bring it into everything else, right? Brought it into your work, brought it into your friends' lives. Look, all your friends are not going to reciprocate, and that's okay. Because it's not about you. It's about them. It's about showing love of Christ. So... What does, what does a relationship with God feel like? A true, deep, one-to-one -one relationship feel like? It's really powerful. <laughs> do you believe that God can do anything for you? Do you believe that God can do anything for you? 
Do you believe that God is there for you? Yes. And here's the bigger one. Will God help you? Amen. Awesome. So here's what we're going to do. When you write your questions, I need you to pull yourself back. This is between you and God. You don't need to share it with anybody. I want you to be authentic. I want you to be humble from your heart. And be completely vulnerable with God. Because he knows what you're thinking anyway, so you might as well show up that way. So what we're going to do here is this, and I want you to really, this is something that our sons and I do at least five days a week. And that question that I asked you to write down, I want you to look at it. And I want you to be there with it. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to allow to God walk into your life, even if it's only for a couple minutes. I'm not going to ask you for your responses. I'm not going to ask you for your experiences. That has nothing to do with me. So I want you to take a deep breath in. I want you to think about your question. And you are literally asking the king of kings, the one that has created everything that was, everything that is, and everything that ever will be. And if we be still, as it talks about in Psalms 46, there's a good chance you might get a response. So take a deep breath, close your eyes, and allow God speak. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for allowing us to come together with you, Lord. You are so gracious in your words. You're so gracious in your gifts. You're so gracious in your gift of love. 
Allow us to walk out today remembering the words that you spoke to us just now. Let us be blessed as we walk into the new year, Lord. Let us be a blessing to others. Let us love unconditionally as you loved us. Let us feel your presence in everything that we do, that we know that you are a friend indeed in everything that we do. That no matter where we are, you're constantly lifting us up and you're, you are the glue that holds us together. You are the reason that we can say the word family. Please keep us safe, Lord. Be with those we said we pray for. And we are so grateful for all that you've done, Lord. So that, until the day that we see you, in your amazingly awesome name, amen.